As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Are you ready, kids? Get your parents' permission, check your mailbox, and grab your shopping cart. It's time for the Adventures in Collecting podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Dave. Welcome Welcome to to Adventures Adventures in Collecting, where we talk toy news, culture, and hauls, along with our journeys as collectors. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Adventures in Collecting. Hey, everyone. We're back. Uh, it's been uh, it, it's been a, a roller coaster of just fun guests, just kind of screaming through here, and we're continuing the uh, the guest train today. Yeah, um, yeah. Now that we're uh, we're starting off year two with more guests. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, uh, happy happy two year anniversary, Dave. Thank you. I Thank I can. Com- I completely, I completely forgot that that was a thing that happened. Yeah, two years, two years of adventures in collecting. Who, who knew that? Like, you know, I feel like year, year two was a, uh, was a lot of guests, whereas like year one was pretty much just us. Yeah, yeah, um, but you know, I think that's awesome. <laughs> I enjoy the guests. I really have. Yeah, I have no. No follow up to that. Just like, yes, that is that is accurate. Yeah, yeah, it's it's wild. Well, speaking of guests, Dave, uh, Daniel Friedman has been working as a freelance graphic designer in the toy industry for nearly a decade, contributing to lines from toy makers like Boss Fight Studios, Jazzwares, and Mattel. He's getting ready to launch his own wrestling figure line via Kickstarter called Ringside Chaos. Daniel, thank you for joining us on Adventures in Collecting, and welcome to the show. No, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on, guys. Yeah, it's it's uh it's it's a pleasure to have you. You know, we're you know we're fans of your work, and I feel like you're you're like one of those uh, creatives that's like very low key. You know, <laughs> with, the, with the work that you've done so far in the industry. So I'm I'm excited. Uh, Dave and I are excited to get some of that information out there and raise awareness about uh, the the new venture you're starting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've been. Uh... For just just shy of ten years, a decade, I've been uh, involved in uh, uh, graphic design. I'm actually a freelance graphic designer, um, and I've worked on uh, some pretty decent projects for some, like you mentioned, a uh, few different companies. Uh, but you know, with all that knowledge I gained, uh, it's it's time to uh, start my own. I was going to say before we get into the 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 meat of everything, uh, the first thing that we like to do for all of our guests, just to kind of 
get uh, get everybody comfortable and settled is we ask everybody right now, what are you currently collecting? Well, we'll start with the big one, which is professional wrestling figures. Um, <laughs> right now, I mean, anything from uh, the Mattel, Jazzwares, Boss Fight, um, either the Super 7 New Japan line, you know, I've got uh, other stuff, you know, I collect some uh, Funko Pops, um, Hasbro's uh, Power Ranger line. Uh, can't really dive too deep. The pockets are very, very short at the moment. So I sort of pick and choose things that I see that uh, that really, ca- you know, catch my eye. Maybe one figure of like a NECA set or something here and there. But I, I can't really dive deep into like a lot of collections. Yeah, and especially now, I mean, there is just so much out there. Like, oh, absolutely. Across the board. Yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, especially dabbling in those genres myself, you know, I feel like every other week there's either an elite or a uh, unrivaled or unmatched line coming out. So, yeah, I, I can barely keep up with uh, wrestling figures and let alone just diving into, you know, different other, you know, like Ninja Turtles and and the stuff that Nick is putting out, and it's just it's there's so much there's so much that I want, but I you know I got to pick and choose uh, what I can. It's it's a good problem to have if you think about it. It's a, it's a great time to be a toy collector because there's just so much that you can dip your toe in and uh, or dive headfirst in and and get <laughs> all this cool stuff. So, um, what got you into the toy business? So I, I've I've collected. Well, I guess you could say I've played with, then collected. My, my my big thing is my my main collections are wrestling. Like I'm more involved in wrestling than really like comics or or other stuff. Really, it's professional wrestling. Um. So what got me into the toy business was just the love of wrestling figures. Uh, I used to uh, get the Bone Crunchers and the Hasbro's when I was younger, and literally take white out and markers and paint and just start doodling on some of the figures that I had extras of, and just try to create my own. Um, and from there, it's like, you know, I, I always, since I was a kid, always just wanted to be a toy designer. And I just went the routes of, you know, just trying to make that that uh, dream happen. So here we are almost 10 years later, and I've been designing toys for, you know, a while now. So it's I've, I've, I've designed hundreds upon hundreds of different uh action figures so it's it's a pretty amazing uh experience and pretty amazing time i've had it, it's so funny a lot of the uh the creative minds that we've you know we've we've had the uh the privilege of, of talking to here on the show have this kind of relationship with like a brand and mm-hmm. almost every single time it's like a toyetic brand that that takes them there i mean we you know we we grew up you know dave started with the LJNs of course but like the bone crunchers really like that for me that was my bread and butter with the the wrestling figures i still have the majority of of my bone crunchers and they're very floppy these days but <laughs> um you know it, it's it, it's kind of amazing how toyetic wrestling has always been oh yeah i mean i actually have two older brothers and they're the ones who got started on the LJN line so 
guilty by association. I had, you know, my, my father and my two older brothers who loved wrestling. So I was right there sitting watching and playing with their toys. Um, I myself grew up more on the Hasbro line because that's when I really started to really want my own and, and, and really knew professional wrestling because I was I was born the year that oh, I forget if it was 84 or 85 when the LJN started, but I was born in 85. So I don't have a lot of fond memories of my brothers really playing with them. My fondest memory started in like 89, 90 when those Hasbro started to come out. And, you know, from there, I, my brothers sort of, you know, went their separate ways in terms of professional wrestling. They watched it here and there, but they didn't, you know, didn't buy the toys anymore, didn't collect or anything. But I stayed with it through the Hasbros, the Jacks BCAs, the Titan Tron Lives, Ruthless Aggression, Classic Superstars, the Just Toys Bendems, <laughs> you know, the Galoob, the WCW stuff, you know, I, and I'm obviously still collecting until this day. And you're seeing a lot of that come back too, like you know, especially the that Hasbro line. I feel like when people talk about wrestling figures, that Hasbro line made such an impact on so many people that you know now, of course, you know Mattel bringing back with with the retro line, you know, mm-hmm. again, and you know, you, then you have people like Chella Toys and and Zombie Sailor that are making their own retro inspired uh, lines based off of that that Hasbro line, and you know those figures are still just as kind of collectible and, and sought after as they ever were, if, if not more in some cases. Absolutely. It's like the, the, the kids who were playing with those figures back in the day are now all grown up and are actual toy designers now and reliving that nostalgia from their past, which is amazing. Yeah. And that was really kind of, I would want to say the first like cross generational line because it was like for me who was, getting kind of i don't want to say too old but like you know reaching that kind of middle school high school point where the hasbros existed um but then eric you eric's seven years younger than me that that was like almost like his kind of gateway into Mm -hmm. it and then he continued on through the the bone crunchers and titantrons and like you know i would kind of get stuff for him um and kind of you know play along with that was the way of like my old you know being the older brother playing with my younger brother would be to play with wrestling toys with but ultimately like my time was like ljn and then hasbro and and gloob and we had that hasbro and gloob kind of crossover you also took such good care of your toys that by the time i got them seven years later like it was like i felt like i was getting new toys mine were very played with though you know like because but they were they together. Were they were all in yeah, one that's piece. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, yeah. so one of the brands that we we mentioned at the top was uh was Boss Fight Studios, and they of course have have a ton of lines and uh, and IPs that they work with. Um, but what goes into creating kind of establishing a, a design strategy for a line like uh, Legends of Lucha Libre or or the uh, the Hacks line? Uh, it basically starts with uh, the person in charge, uh, Erica Rania, who is a, an amazing artist, an amazing designer, um, just a, a flat out really good guy. Um, it's it's his brainchild, basically. Everything that's going on with their Legends line with uh, with a few of their other lines is 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 all him. Uh, and as a freelance graphic artist, uh, I'm basically sent, you know, 
the bullet points of what to design and how to, de- you know, what they want to see from, you know, how, how, how they want to see the figure look in the end. So they basically, you know, send me images of, you know, uh, let's just put it this way. The, the Penta and Ray Phoenix, their first two figures that they put out. Um, Eric did most of all that stuff, but I worked on the DIJ face printing and all the tattoo artwork for those two figures. So they just give me the bullet point and say, hey, here's the images. Here's the best images that we have. Can you recreate this as best as you can? And we'll go from there. And with with something like that, like a, do the uh, do you ever get a chance to work with um you know with the talent directly or uh you, you know in order in order to make sure that you're producing the most accurate product that you can? Uh, honestly, no. Um, I never. I can say that I, I don't think I ever worked with talent at all besides just like local people here and doing my own thing. Um, it's just basically handled by everyone involved on both sides at the top. Uh, I'll just hand in all the work, uh, basically what I did. And they'll come back to me saying, Hey, this person said they want this fix or change the color, this or that, and just go to work, fix it up and send it right back. So in terms of the the intricacies of something like, you know, the the, the detailing of, of tattoos or ring gear or mm-hmm. you know, in the case of those two uh, figures and you know, uh, Penta has the the secondary head sculpt with like the, the ripped mask and everything. Is it really just kind of then based on the reference materials and the samples that are provided and, and you just kind of do your best to to recreate given the samples that you have? Absolutely. They, um, they supply me as, you know, best as they're given as well in terms of, uh, you know, high resolution. It could be action shots from the event that that took place at. Um, some companies will actually give you um, studio shots so you can get really, really good details of their tattoos and recreate them as best and as perfect as you can because they're just such good pictures. Um, and then sometimes you're working on a figure that you don't have any reference and you got to go on a website or Google images and just try to find, you know, that, that specific date that that wrestler wore that gear. So sometimes it can be challenging, but for the most part, a lot of these companies, uh, a lot of the wrestling companies do supply the toy, uh, companies, some pretty decent, uh, photographs. And digital photos. I have been out of wrestling and wrestling figures for a little bit now. And I've recently, like literally over the the span of the pandemic, have gotten fully back into wrestling after like being out for probably 15, 16 years. That's good to hear. And it's just, I mean, the product, the product on, especially the, the AEW product and, and even, you know, uh, much of the talent that's, that's in WWE, uh, it's just so interesting and I, you know, I was grasping for, for content and things to kind of keep me distracted from the <laughs> the world around me, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the figures have come such a long way in, oh, especially, especially in like articulation aside. Cause like I, I have Marvel legends figures, so I'm used to kind of that's and, and NECA figures. So I'm used to like the six and seven inch, you know, highly articulated kind of setup like that, that, that I feel like is kind of a given, especially at that that like twenty you know twenty dollar ish price point. But the detail, the the way that the faces look, the 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 detail in the tattoos, I'm just fascinated by how that process actually happens. 
You know, it's funny for a $20 figure, there's a lot of detail that does get taken out of a figure to hit that price point. So you'd be surprised on how much more detailed a figure can be. Like if you look at the Ultimates, the Ultimates, you know, for the the, the Mattel line, obviously it's a higher price point. So they're able to add soft goods. They're uh, able to add more deco hits on the figures uh, because the price point is a little higher. Uh, but for a basic, you know, elite $20 figure, you know, there's so much more that can, that's actually goes into the figures that obviously has to be taken out just to hit cost. But, but even like, I, like I, I was just posting a picture today of the, uh, the basic Chelsea green figure mm-hmm. and I opened her and, you know, was surprised. Cause you know, I also do like, because of just kind of having a history with those old Jack's figures, like the the basic articulation still feels like a lot of articulation for me Mm -hmm. um, in a lot of cases. But like I noticed on the back of Chelsea's arm, like even just kind of this really, really tiny, if you didn't know to look for it, it, you wouldn't even see it. Tiny little tattoo Mm -hmm. that was included on the back of that figure. And you're looking at a figure that's a $10 price point that has a really great likeness, has Mm -hmm. solid articulation and has great, you know, paint hits and detail. Yeah, I mean it's it, that's like stretching stretching the budget. But if I'm not mistaken, I think that line may also not have a complete six figure uh, series. Correct. Uh, I think something. I think somebody. I think Andrade was taken out um, because of his time going, obviously leaving the company and all that. I think I could be wrong, Mike. I think that's what happened. But I think it was. Yeah. Um, I mean, to to hit budget on certain lines, I think some some characters might have less deco because they need to add the deco onto a different character. Um, yeah, and for that, that's 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 from what I gathered. Obviously, with me and just I, I basically just do the graphics, so there's a lot of insider knowledge that I don't have but just doing my own thing now i can sort of gauge why th- some things do happen now and why some some things have to be eliminated because well, the more did- yeah, the more deco you add the the just the higher and higher the uh the price is gonna be at the final well yeah even like the uh you know the penta and uh ray phoenix from uh from boss fight like just an incredible like the tattoo detail is just incredible on those and it's one of those things where you look at it and you go like, all right, this is, you know, definitely kind of well spent putting with all of this that can be put into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we talked about um, some WWE figures just briefly. Um, tell us about your time working on an established line like WWE. Well, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing because that was uh really one of the first lines that I was able to work on as a designer is uh, the WWE line from Mattel uh, between the basics and the elite line. Um, that started about nine years ago. Um, just just amazing. I mean, some of the characters that I watched, some of the wrestlers that I watched when I was younger and everything, and I'm designing the figures. Like, I think one of the first sets I designed, uh, you know, had some some of the characters that I uh, that I watched when I was younger. And I also was training for a while as a professional wrestler. So I was an independent wrestler for at least about 14 years uh, up in uh, North Jersey wrestling for the IWF. Um, And I was able to wrestle with some legends and 
fast forward a few years later, I'm actually designing some of the graphics that go onto their figures, which was just mind boggling at the time. And then when I actually saw those figures in the store on the shelves, I was like, wow, is it, somebody's got to pinch me because I was like, is this real? So it's it's just, you know, it's just been amazing um, just from the get go. You know, I've worked on so many different, you know, figures for Mattel. Um, and one wrestler in particular, um, Darren Young from the Primetime Players. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's actually, a, a, I went to middle school and high school with him. Uh, he's another New Jersey local. And um, he's actually the one who sort of broke me into becoming a wrestler and sort of got me my training. I was going to say IWF. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's where I trained as well. And, um, and I got to work on several of his figures, which was absolutely amazing. You know, it's this, this, this is the same kid who was a year older than me who went to the same school. You know, we, we, we hung out and everything and just amazing that, you know, he's on WWE TV. He became a tag team champion and I'm designing some of his figures, which was just, that was awesome. It was just like a, an amazing feeling. Just, you know, amazing kind of small world, too, where, you know, we're all kind of North Jersey based, North Jersey based people, which. Unfortunately, you know, I traveled a little bit, a uh, little down south, though. <laughs> <laughs> North Jersey was a little, a uh, little, little too, too much for me. And uh, starting a family is a little too congested. If you, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I hear you. I'm, I'm still, yeah. I'm still in North Jersey, but I, uh, I moved a little bit further west in the in the area of North Jersey so you know I'm I'm a little more removed from the the city traffic and whatnot there you go the throes of of three and 46 you know oh yeah. Clifton <laughs> <laughs> what kind of makes you go from from 12 years of uh actual of uh pro wrestling training to uh go into to design well, I actually was, uh, I actually started, I, I actually retired myself about four years ago. Just a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, aches and pains and knee injuries and missing ACLs and MCLs and this and that. So, um, like I said, from the, from the get go, like pro wrestling has been, a, it's a passion for mine. It's, it's my love. Um, it's something that I wanted to do, something that I wanted to be in. So when I got the first side of, you know, like training, I was like, I want to do this. You know, I've always wanted to do it. Even when I was a kid, I was, I was trying to figure out how to go about it. And then that's when I found the school up in North Jersey. Um, but I was still wrestling and working on the, to- you know, working on the toys. So I've been about 10 years working on toys and I started training uh, 2004 and I retired myself about, like I said, about four or five years ago now. So about a good 15 years. So in that time, I was designing, wrestling, you know, watching this and that so like my world was wrestling at the time so it was just crazy trying to balance it all you were literally like living breathing eating wrestling in like all facets basically yeah (laughs) so what was your what was your uh your ring name would you would you wrestle under I could not come up with a good name at all I couldn't come up with anything but I had long hair tattoos you know typical biker looking guy so my promoter gave me the name uh, harley brian i didn't it, it didn't really fit i didn't really like the name so i just my brilliant brain was like 
why don't I just change my name to Brian Harley? It sounds like it flows better, and I can't come up with a friggin' name. <laughs> so for a good 15 years, you know, in the New Jersey, New York, Maryland, Delaware, Indies, I was Brian Harley, or just Harley at sometimes. And you mentioned you got to you got to share the uh, the squared circle with some uh, with some legends. What, what was what was your most uh, most memorable match? Oh, uh, it was a uh, I actually had two six mans. It was uh, one of them was with a honky tonk man. The other than with uh, Tito Santana. Uh, I guess you could say they're very well uh, rounded on the New Jersey indie scene at that time. Um. Uh, but just you know, just wrestling two two names that I watched when I was younger was just amazing. But I wrestled so many different other people in like battle royals and other just singles matches and here and there. But those were just really they were just fun. You know, you didn't really have to do anything crazy there. They just go out there and have fun, and that's what we did. So oh, that's I, awesome. Yeah, I, I I honestly like I, I we we prep for all of these these interviews and we like to try to find out everything that we can about our guests. But mm-hmm. you totally caught us as two wrestling fans like off guard with this. And now I, I <laughs> we, we only want to ask you wrestling questions. Hey, that, that's perfectly fine. We can we can steer the ship in another direction. But as long as we come back, it is what it is. Yeah, well, you know what? It, it is. It, it is. Uh, it. We're, we're all in the same lane here. So yeah. I feel. I feel like uh, you know we've talked a lot about wrestling figures, and you know, obviously now your time in the ring and and how much wrestling means to you. So I feel like this next <laughs> this next question kind of answers itself. But uh, you know, what in what what really inspired you now to take all of your work, you know, that you've done in the past, and and you know again, your, your time in the actual uh, ring to create the ringside chaos line. It was really more so, um, this has been about a five, six year, uh, uh, process for me really. And this is the first year that has really gotten off the ground. I've wanted to do something like this for a long time, but more so it started out as, you know, wanting to create a second brand. So if you think back five, six years ago, we didn't have AEW. We didn't have the New Japan figures. We didn't have um, the boss fight. We didn't have Figures Inc. We just had Mattel. Yeah. Um, so it's like there's so much untapped talent out there. But at the time, I just I didn't really have an avenue to go down. You know, I didn't have my own funds. You know, it, it, it cost a decent penny to create something, you know, off the ground. Um, and it's, it does take a while. The toy industry is very, very crazy. And to finally have something going after five, six years is amazing. But like I said, it started out with wanting to do like my own version of classic superstars and my own version of flashbacks, um, you know, signing people, you know, to deals and this and that sort of like what zombie sailors doing right now, like cello toys is doing right now. Uh, but just more of a modern style and, you know, it took it was a long process. Unfortunately, it just didn't pan out. Now you got, you know, the Jazzwares AEW line, you got the New Japan line, you got, you know, obviously you still got Mattel, but you got the Figures Toy Company with their Ring of Honor line and their rising stars and Cella and Zombie and everyone pretty much doing something now. And then I was I got inspiration to do more so the Ringside Chaos line because I'm looking around and I'm like a lot of 
figure photography is just starting to creep up. You see a lot of people starting to, you know, take photographs of their figures, you know, not just wrestling stuff, but, you know, the the Marvel Legends and the NECA stuff. But then you'd see figures of wrestlers as a security guard or a staff or a referee, like a Fit Finley as a referee or like Randy Orton as a security guard or this and that. And I was like, well, we all know that that's Fit Finley and we all know that's Randy Orton just dressed up, but it's like, what if somebody just created a line of just characters that can just make those photographs or make people's collections just that much better? It doesn't have to be of a specific person, but it could be that that character. It's like a modern day referee, a classic referee. You know, we had a Jack's Bone Crunching referee. We had a few Earl Hebner referees, but we haven't really had anything that modern besides the Danny Davis uh, Mattel figure. Um, but now obviously we have the ref Aubrey figure from, uh, Jazzwares, but you don't have any, you know, you don't see referees, event staff, security guards, just to make those photographs look really that much more spectacular. Yeah. So, and, uh, and as somebody who is now dabbling in, in photography at the, I have to say, it's when you posted those initial pictures of these, and before I knew it was even you, I just mm-hmm. I saw somebody had shared the the ringside chaos pictures. And I was like, I have been wanting this for a long time. Like, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's great to just have like a generic referee, or mm-hmm. even like you know, to your point, like a security guard, event staff. Like having those characters really kind of fills out the scene and makes your picture all the more believable like you, you you know creating the the scene that you're trying to create or really even in a display i mean think about how many people like you see these pictures um you know the, the really big collectors out there the, the fig mm-hmm. heels and fig vaults and they have these massive displays with like many rings and you know all these detolfs that are filled with figures fig like, heel man fig heel has an amazing look i want to go visit that place it's like a museum yeah it yeah. would it would be though amazing though for collections like that for each like era of ring like you have your mm-hmm. blue shirt ref you know maybe you need like three or four of them maybe you need you know three or four of the like the zebra striped ref figures it's like th- there really is a need for those you know uh, ancillary characters yeah I think everyone needs about five of each figure I think <laughs> I, I think we can put you know I, I think I, yeah, I think five would be a nice well rounded number. All right. All right. <laughs> I see what you're trying to do. <laughs> yeah, um, and the other cool thing too is just like the graphics that you've kind of put along with them evoke that uh kind of that uh ringside series from the mm-hmm. uh from the Bone Crunchers. Yeah, it's paying homage. Yeah, absolutely. You know, some people got that subtle hint, you know, obviously uh I mentioned that on an, uh, on somebody else's podcast a few weeks ago, but yeah. The people who do follow if you collected wrestling figures from the, was it 96, 97, yeah, 96, 96 right? 97. Yeah. Um, yeah. You had the ringside collection from Jack Pacific, you know, that first series that had a uh, Sable, Sonny, Vince McMahon and the referee. Yep. And it's basically this series is paying homage to that because it's sort of, you know, that's where the brainchild came from. It's like, you know, it's, <sighs> I have the fondest, it's weird, I have the fondest memory of going to my KB Toys in Westfield when I lived in Union. Um, So I went to the KB Toys in Westfield and I remember just walking in there not knowing anything about the series and just seeing that series on the shelf. And I think series five was along with that, with 
Flash Funk, Sid, and all that. Um, Ken Shamrock. But I remember because that package stood out to me, the purple, the black, the white, the red. And it's you didn't really have those characters until now. It's like, you, you know, you always had just the wrestlers, but you never really had like an announcer or a manager. And boom, you got that. And then you also had the... The manager series with uh, Mark Merrow and Sable and then Paul, not Paul Bearer, was it um, Clarence Mason and Crush and all that stuff. So it's like Marlene and Goldust yeah. and Bob Backlund and Sultan, Bob Backlund, Sultan. Yep. Or well, yeah, I think it was Paul Bearer and Mankind, too. Right. Or is that? Yes. 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 Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I, and I mean, I remember like we we went full in depth, like we had like spreadsheets and like we, we we would we would make make our own cards and like events and stuff. And when those figures came into our possession, it was like the stories that we could tell. Oh, yeah. Became mm-hmm. so much more um, intricate and in depth because now we had like like. Like <laughs> I could vividly remember before having a Vince McMahon figure like Vince, like Vince would would just be talking off screen like <laughs> like like yeah. in our heads. Like it's like, yep. you know, Vince is just yelling from the back. But like now we have a Vince figure mm-hmm. and, and, and like and he those could... those didn't exist since the LJNs. Like you had, you mm-hmm. know, all the managers in the LJNs and like Vince and me and Gene. Mm-hmm. Slick. You had Slick too, Captain Lou. Freddie Blassie, Johnny yeah. V, like everybody. And uh, that wasn't there all through Hasbro's and Galoob's. Nope. Yep. And and now, you know, it, and it was great, too, because like the timing with television at the time was was pretty quick. Like so when Sergeant Slaughter came out and he had like the notes in his hand and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah, all of those those ringside figures were were pretty current. They got them out. Yeah. you know, relatively in time with what you were seeing on TV. So like, you know, whether you were trying to copy the stories that you were seeing, uh, you know, or making up your own, you know, you had the inspiration. And I feel like that mindset, we, we, we've talked about this before, like this kind of like, how do you, how does play graduate with you? You know, so like, obviously, like when you're a kid, you play with them because you, you, you know, you lay on your stomach on the floor and you bash them together. Mm-hmm. But like, as an adult, you know, and as a as a collector, like you have this kind of elevated state of play. So whether it's designing the display to you know pay homage to a certain era, whether it's you know a display that pays homage to just the, a brand in general, or mm-hmm. you know you're doing this photography, you need these pieces. You need these um, to 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 steal your own words. You need to fill the gap. You know, you you need to have these fill characters the in, your, in your collection. Absolutely. Like, even if you don't do photography and you display your figures, you know, you have, you know, you can do Diesel in his pose where he's, you know, lifting his fist and whatnot. And, you know, what if you re, you know, just, just, you have the ring and you let you say you have Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels from their Iron Man match in there, you know, oh, why don't you have the referee in the middle, you know, holding the hands or whatever, you know you know, as a tie in the beginning, you know, just both men win or whatever, but it's like, you can display that too. Yep. And, and with the, the new gen arena coming out now, like you can have Mm -hmm. your, you can have your, your security staff, you know, escorting, you know, uh, talent to the ring. Like there, there's, there, there really is a lot of, uh, it it really does give you a lot of options. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, 
Um, so how did you decide on the looks for the figures that you've shown off so far? Like for me, I saw the event staff and I immediately thought like Meadowlands event staff. You know what's <laughs> well? Then there you go. You just answered your own question. <laughs> I I went to almost every single event at the Meadowlands. Um, you can't really tell, but if you look at that tag, the uh, the, the lanyard, mm-hmm. the little blue logo on the top is actually the Continental Airlines Arena logo. I'm I, I'm currently zooming. Excuse me while it's, I zoom. It's, it's difficult to tell, but yeah, that's the Continental Airlines Arena logo. Amazing. I'm glad you went with that and not the Brendan Byrne. Oh, the Brendan Byrne. I don't have as many fond memories as the Brendan Byrne than I do as the Continental. Even the Meadowlands I have more memories of. Yeah. But not Same. the Izod Center. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not the Izod Center. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's basically... Um, I wanted the figures to fit inside the current offerings, which are, you know, Super 7, Mattel, Jazzwares. You know, I wanted to to complete because those lines are what's really feeding the collections right now. Like, don't get me wrong. People still have their Jax collections and everything, but these lines are growing and they're continuing to grow. Like those Jack's lines from the past, uh, the Hasbro's and everything, they're not growing yet. Yeah, we're going to have like Chella and zombie doing their own things and Mattel with the retros again, but it's not going to be the, uh, you know, initial ones from the past, but all these lines are growing and Mattel has such a big, well-rounded group of wrestlers already that there's so many different, characters like the event staff the security guard and everything that will fit into what they're already offering um so i just figured it would make more sense to design the figures more so around the looks of and the articulation style of what mattel and jazzwares and super seven are really offering right now it's like the best of all worlds rolled into one right there and it's just basically, you know, like 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 you said, it's like the Meadowlands event staff. That's that's my fondest memory, the yellow shirts and everything. And then mm-hmm. a security guard. Um, so so that event staff figure, that's actually me just in an event staff uh shirt. Um so people be be aware that you're gonna be buying at least ten of those figures just because you have to. <laughs> We're gonna have a bunch of Dan's. Absolutely. I have to get a little um, fine point uh Gundam marker and, and write Dan on one of the name tags. There you go. <laughs> um, but like the security guard, obviously, you know, you always have the security guards running around there too, you know, their basic black shirts and everything. And that's just pretty much just, you know, it's really just what I, I, I frequent the message boards everywhere and, you know, wrestlingfigs.com and, and wherever I can go and on Instagram and everywhere. It's like, these are the things that the people are looking for, but no one's really out there doing it. And that this is this is what I'm going to be doing because this is what the fans want. And there is a market. It might be a niche market, but there is a market for it. And, you know, from from what I've seen, you know, after I put the pictures up and everything, you know, it seems like a lot of people are really, really happy. You know, obviously it's not perfect. It's not going to fit somebody else's, you know, style. And it's like, eh, it is what it is. But for the most part, it's a lot of a lot of good feedback and a lot of people that are pretty happy that something like this is happening. 
And now, a word from our sponsors. And now, back to the show. So what's it like going from being, you know, in kind of the graphic design role in in the action figure world to like actually having to deal with, you know, the the engineering of uh of articulation, deciding on proportion and things like that. Um it's it's it is a little learning curve. Uh obviously working on figures for the past 10 years and being a lifelong collector. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um I, I sort of knew exactly where I wanted to go with the figures. I knew what type of articulation I wanted. I know where the articulation I wanted it to be. Um, and just pretty much just knowing what the collectors would want. Because I am a collector myself, so this is what I would want. Um, uh, but there's, you know, there's little things here and there that, you know, I learned from the sculptor. Uh, I'll shout him out, Brian Beatty. Um, he is well known in the toy industry and he has dabbled in customs and stuff in the past, um, creation crib. Um, so he has helped me and, and, and to understand some things that I didn't even know that goes into designing a figure. So it's, they're, they're little subtle things, but it makes a big difference. And, you know, it's clear that based on those, uh, you know, the, the images that you shared that like, you know, where these guys will fit in and, and mm-hmm. you know, seeing a lot of like f- familiar enough looking articulation systems, you know, things like you said that were that as collectors, you're kind of used to seeing. Yeah. All right. So now it is time for Q&A. Our Q&A is brought to you by our friends at Chubsy Wubsy Toys. A traditional mom-and-pop store in Little Falls, New Jersey, Chubsy Wubsy brings you the best new toys from the brands you love without the hassle of pounding the pavement searching for them at larger retail stores. Visit them in person at 106 Main Street in Little Falls, New Jersey, or online at ChubsyWubsy.com. That's C-H-U-B-Z-Z-Y-W-U-B-Z-Z-Y.com. Tell them Adventures in Collecting sent you. So we posted a story uh, and a, a tweet and a post uh, announcing that you were going to be on the show. And we collected some questions from the uh, from the listeners and followers. Uh, the questions this week uh, are we got a lot of questions that were kind of similar um, that were asked by uh, several people. So rather than making them specific, we just kind of combined them into, let's see what we got here. One, two, three, four questions for you. Um, so Dave, do you want to go ahead with the first one? Sure. Um, so first question is ringside chaos looks awesome. Will there be any female characters? In the first series, no. Um, this is basically the initial launch. Um, if you notice that the characters all basically share the same body mold, body style. Um, I'm putting every penny that I have into this. This is my own money. And to tool up a lot of new parts would just be astronomical in price. It would not be worth it at all. 
Um, so off the bat, you're getting a lot of the characters that are basically sharing the same body. Um, I have more characters in line. And as long as everything goes well, uh, there's a reason why I put series one on the uh, artwork. Because I would love to do two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine more sets. And females are definitely on the list. As long as this thing can take off and do what I want it to do, the sky's the limit on characters. And there's definitely a vast amount of females out there that would definitely benefit from this type of uh, series. Awesome. Uh, going along with the idea of new characters, uh, are there plans to make generic fans? It is in my notepad to possibly do something. Um, as of right now, um, the main focus is just to get the, I guess you can say, main characters of the ringside personnel first. Um, but there have been some ideas. So I'll talk to you uh, uh, briefly about the, the shirt. Um, it's the same mold, but the collar piece is going to be separate. So you, it's going to be uh, one figure can have like a long tie. One figure, like you see the referee, the, um, the retro referee has the bow tie. Yeah, yeah. And most of the other ones have just a basic, you know, two, three button collar. So that piece is a separate piece. Uh, but underneath that, the basic shirt has the just the basic round shirt collar, like on a regular T-shirt, mm. which you can definitely create just a basic T-shirted individual. And and the thought process was, hey, we'll, we'll see how this, you know, first set or two goes. But I got the, the, the cost and the tooling, you know, where I needed it to be. And... As long as I got that, there's there's no reason why we can't make fans or we can't make marks or however you want to call them. <laughs> somebody yeah, somebody likes to call themselves. Uh, he might he might listen to this, but uh, one person who does know about this set likes to call him Fat Mark number one or Fat Mark number two. So we'll see if we can get to that point. Yeah, I mean that talk about talk about an easy way to uh to sell a bunch of them at once, right? You, you make mm-hmm. a make a just kind of generic fans and you know make some um you know different ethnicities and yeah, you know, you're you're in business there. Which is uh which is a big question that I saw which um about ethnicities. Um obviously, you know, we definitely will be doing that I uh, that's also uh, you did see uh, the Brian Beatty figure, who was actually that detective, the police officer. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's and, and there's definitely more characters planned who are different ethnic backgrounds as well. Um, which I'll talk a little bit more about that just so briefly. But there's going to be stretch goals. Uh, the first four initial figures are going to be the two referees, the event staff, and the security guard. Um, and then as long as we can hit the goal on that we will definitely be unlocking that police officer and then a few other characters who are from different ethnic backgrounds as well. Well, that leads uh, into our next question, Dave. Yeah. um, What will pricing look like for ringside chaos series one? Um, 
I don't really want to give an exact number because I'm still fine-tuning things with the factory right now, but it's going to it's going to be in a range of uh, obviously this is not a uh, brick and mortar type product. This is not going to be a mainstream line, so the price is going to be you know a little bit more expensive than you know let's just say an elite, but it's going to be a um. It, it, it's going to be a very feasible figure to 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 purchase. It's not going to blow the budget, and it's not going to be astronomical like a lot of the stuff that you see right now that has so much deco and and other companies who are obviously signing contracts with names to balance the budget. Um, but when I do have a full uh, a firm grasp on what we're doing with the factory, uh, everyone will know the exact pricing. And, and right it's, now, it's not going to break the bank. What's the uh, what's the the target date at this point for the uh, the launch? Um, I, I'm pushing for end of September, possibly the the beginning of October. The apps absolute latest. I wanted to have something a week from now, but just things just happened uh, that just was out of my hands, out of my control. Unfortunately, it just had to be pushed back a little bit. Um, but I, I want to have something set in stone for the end of September, no later than like, like the first week in October. But when I do get that information, I just have to have a, a final chat with one of the factories and then I can go from there. Awesome. Because that has to balance out exactly the final price that I'm going to put those up for order. And, and the last question here is in, in your, uh, in your tenure as a, as a designer, was there ever a toy that you worked on earlier in your career that you would want the opportunity to revisit? Oh yeah, there's plenty. (laughs) There, there, there's plenty of, Characters that I worked on in the past who have, you know, went their separate ways, uh, excuse me, went their separate ways of the company that they used to work for, who completely changed their look, who aren't even in one of the major organizations right now who are just doing independence and everything, but they still have some pretty decent looks who just, I would love to just, just redo their looks, um, And there's and there's characters who really even didn't even have like I know this really isn't a part of the question, but there's even characters who haven't had figures since like a Titantron Live line or even like a Hasbro line or just Toys line that would benefit for a modern day figure who would even make a modern day figure look amazing. Like one of the one of my biggest wants. Uh, I don't know if he's signed to any deal or not, but Gangrel. Gangrel is such a toy edit character and he's such an amazing looking character. And I've, I've met him in the past and done wrestling shows with him and he's just a really, really cool guy. And just to have a modern day figure of that character would just be amazing. Yeah, that would be, especially with the, the, you know, recently in the, um, Dave helped me out. Was it the legends line where they, where they got the, the brood Christian out? No, that was just a regular elite. That was a regular yeah. elite. Yeah. Yeah, but like flashbacks or whatever. But like, you know, having that figure now, like recently in people's collections, and especially with Edge having just done the um at SummerSlam did the 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 you know the kind of the brood entrance 
Yeah, he he's he's ripe for a uh for mm-hmm. a modern figure. Flashback or otherwise. Absolutely. I I was I was anticipating that real scan uh Gangrel that they teased in one of the toy magazines. I forget if it was Tomarts or one of the other toy magazines from like the nineties, when Jack started to do the real scan technology, they posted a picture of Gangrel and it just looked awesome and, and never saw the light of day, unfortunately. It was yeah, it was a Titantron live yeah, it was a it was a it was an all white Titantron live shirt. You know, he had the I think he didn't have like those weird knee and leg gauntlets that he wore but he had that that the tongue sticking out the blood coming out and the blonde hair and just it looked awesome yeah i remember his bone cruncher and that was a uh that was an uh, an absolutely awesome figure like some oh, of yeah. those likenesses still are it's amazing what they accomplished with those bone cruncher figures but uh they, some of them were cartoony but man they were freaking awesome looking for the time yep for sure well with that you've you have survived the Q and A. This was a, this was a brief Q and A, but but we we got through all the questions. Nothing, no uh, no massive curveballs for you, right? No, I think we did pretty good here. I don't know how you guys feel. feel all right, all right. So the last question before we wrap things up, uh, I'm gonna toss it back over to Dave uh, as he fulfills his role as this podcast's James Lipton and asks our final question. Yes. So the final question that we ask all of our guests, what is the strangest and or your favorite piece in your collection? Um, it can be one of each or it can be both. Well, I, I can't really say that I have strange things in my collection. Um, unless you're talking about some of the customs that I've done over the past years that are just weird and odd and just put together and just half done and not even completed. Uh, I feel like I'm Sid from Toy Story with all these was, weird things. I was just about to say, what are you, Sid? <laughs> is, is there a doll with like uh, Kinect's arms under your bed? Uh, scaring my kids with those. <laughs> um, my favorite piece right now, um, it'll change in another week when I get the first sort of prototype paint master of the event staff figure that will be my favorite even no matter how it turns out because it's me <laughs> so that that'll be amazing um but you know i i do have um one thing that i missed dearly was uh i i had the original manu prototype from the jack's ruthless aggression uh adrenaline line i parted ways with it a few years ago um and that's something that I miss dearly, but you know, it's, it's, it's in better hands now, you know, for, you know, where I was at the time, but, um, I miss that and I wish it was back in my collection, but you know, I, I, I showed this on another show. Um, I have the, uh, Jack's, uh, Ruthless Aggression Shark Boy figure that was supposed to come out in the TNA, uh, impact series two figures that goes to like Walgreens and the dollar stores. So I have one of the only like two or three that are really known. Uh huh. but I'm a um I'm a I'm a big fan of uh Crush Brian Adams. And my favorite figure in my collection right now is my original demolition crush Hasbro figure from uh the two pack. 
Do you still have his helmet? That was a great two-pack. With the helmet, yes. You can't forget about the helmet. Uh, the original one, it's beat to hell, but it, it's it's mine. It will always be mine. It will never leave my side. I'm sorry. It will never leave my totes or my collection. It's 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 not at my side. I don't have it on my nightstand or anything, but <laughs> it's in my collection. I, I do remember those figures, and I definitely, I know my my Hasbro one, I definitely lost the helmet. For sure. No. My my brother had the Smash figure. I don't know what happened to that helmet or that figure. I mean, I do have a Smash one still, but I don't know what happened <laughs> to that specific one. But I made sure I kept my crush in his helmet. Yeah, I, I had both Smashes, so I was like, uh, so it was cool to have like uh, an extra helmet or I'd give it the axe every now and again. Yeah, I think that's what happened, too, because eventually we just had one Smash one, and Axe and Crush, and we had three helmets. So I'm like, hmm. I, my older brother was able to go out and do his own thing with his friends and everything, so he may have gotten another two-pack I didn't even know of or somebody else's. He stole it from a friend's or something. Who knows? But we ended up with all three members of Demolition actually having their helmets, so I don't oh. know. School schoolyard action figure trades, man. That's how I got my there Bone Cruncher go. Diesel. <laughs> mm-hmm. I forgot what I traded for that. I think it, I traded like a. I want to say I traded like Pokemon cards for Diesel. I definitely, yeah. I definitely lost out on that deal. <laughs> well, nowadays, <laughs> that, yeah. yeah, you lost out on that deal now. <laughs> Back then, I, I, I feel like I did all right. <laughs> Well, Dan, thank you so much for taking the time to be on Adventures in Collecting uh, with us. Before we let you go, uh, let our audience know where can we find uh, where can we find you on the internet, and where can we find more uh, about Ringside Chaos. Uh, on my Instagram, it would be at Squared Circle Toys, and then my Twitter is at Squared Circle NJ. Um, the website is not live yet, but it will be squaredcircletoys.com. That's going to go live roughly about a week or two before the launch, just so we can put some news and updates up there as well. Awesome. And as stuff comes out, you know, we'll be sure to share it and get it out there and, and, and amplify it. We're super excited for this line. We can't wait for it to launch. And, uh, and you know, we're, we're excited to see uh, how well it does when when it does amazingly and gets fully funded and unlocks all the yes. stretch goals. Everyone, Absolutely. And everyone buys five of each character, but 10 of the uh, event staff. Yes. There's no yes. doubt. There's no doubt that those uh, those stretch goals are going to be unlocked. But there's a lot of I'll leave you guys with this. There's a lot of people asking for specific characters in the line. And let's just say when we launch, you'll 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 see what's going on. All right, I think that's a good a little, place to a little teaser. I think that's a good place a good to leave teaser. it. Yeah, we're gonna go. We're gonna go back in time a little bit. Thank you, dear listener, for hanging out with us today. Subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen, and then tell your friends to do it. Thanks also to Joe Azari, the golden voice behind our intro. Our music is Game Boy Horror by the Zombie Dandies. Find more about them both on our show notes. Follow us on social media at AIC underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Stop by and say hi. Show us your toy hauls and share your toy stories. Maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode. Don't try this at home. Voidware prohibited and some assembly required. Each sold separately, not a flying toy. Consult a physician if your toy run exceeds more than four hours. 
has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablaoui. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com. Thank <laughs> you.